0: It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour, heading up to Monday Night Football. Adam Hill is here, he's the company. It's Cofield. Mateo's helping out on the scene. Finley Toyota Studio. Ari is back at Lotus Broadcasting. Big Four at Four is coming up. Twin Peaks with some awesome specials tonight. Got the uh, big beers under four bucks. Select appetizers two, four, and six. You can uh, try to break into. uh, Well, you don't have to break into it. You actually ask, and they'll serve you the drinks. But sounded better breaking in. Uh, Grandpa Stash. They've actually got uh, uh, quite a collection here of rare bourbon, whiskey, and and other drinks. So ask them about Grandpa Stash. I was just talking about getting stuck on the roof over the weekend trying to hang up Christmas lights, and uh, Adam reminded us that there actually was a Leave It to Beaver episode where Bev. Actually got stuck up on a sign.
1: Yeah, in a in a uh, bowl of soup, I think it was, or a coffee cup. It looked like
0: a cup of coffee. Didn't yeah, a it? cup of coffee. So I did a search real quickly for TV show stuck on the roof because I feel like that's been a theme in shows probably over fifty times.
1: Oh, How I Met Your Mother had a good episode about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, shows that I could find uh, one according to Jim, which I never watched. Was that a good show? I doubt it. Okay. Uh, Friends. I know your answer. Is that a good show on that one? friends i guess uh, joey and ross got stuck on the roof one time
1: couldn't tell you but really
0: jogging the memory as i go full dave koken here although this is a little bit modern for koken um there was an episode of benson where they went to put up an antenna and the uh, the ladder fell and they got stuck on the roof remember benson sure uh
1: the guy from uh sport night the sports night the boss was on it yes
0: yes yeah it's a good show funny very dry humor I bet you it's just hilarious The Stuck on the Roof episode Holds up, you think? Benson would hold up today I'll okay. have to find it on uh, I told you, I, I'm, I've gone a little further back recently I'm watching a lot of Rowan and Martin So I want I want to pick up some knowledge from uh, It's very fascinating to watch, Adam You should give it a try A lot of the issues that were around 54 years ago Are, are still around, go figure Big four time
2: Battleborne Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number Four.
0: Now, watch this. You see a lot on Ronan Martin. They talk about our enemies from 54 years ago. The war? Let, let me finish. Yes. World enemies from 54 years ago. Sure. And I'm trying to think of the world leader they were, they were getting on, but whatever. Um, which brings a really sad story to. To light again here, and I don't know if a lot of people got this story or if you processed it. A An American journalist died in Qatar, right? We know of a story like this with um, a journalist dying in Saudi Arabia, James Khashoggi. I hope it was nothing like that, but there are a lot of people who are suspicious right now. Good. No, it's Jamal. Did I? What did I said was. James, sorry. Jamal, Jamal Khashoggi. It, um, so, in the case of Grant Wall, longtime soccer reporter, Fox SI over the years. He collapses and dies at a game. His brother goes on social media and says, my brother passed away. He was completely healthy. He did not die on his own. We know that Grant Wall was involved in a little bit of controversy and had written some pretty strong pieces, but he was involved in a little bit of controversy with the T-shirt he chose to wear at the first game he was covering. I think it was a World Cup logo with a rainbow on it. His brother's gay. Yeah. Um, and they they denied him entry for probably like 30 or 45 minutes. So he has passed away. It's an incredibly sad story. He's only 48 years old. Um, you, you see a person's true legacy, sadly, after they pass away. Because on social media, there were just tons of people who had great exchanges with him. Uh, uh, Julie Stewart Binks, who we've had on the show, said, great guy, helped my family. You know, we had some problems, helped us through it. Uh now his body's back here in the United States, right? Yeah, it just arrived to today. So now this is where it gets interesting. Now I did I did read this morning that he he had claimed to have some respiratory problems in the days prior.
1: Right. So now, he, now that doesn't
0: mean that the there, there wasn't he, foul play. Right.
1: The timeline is he gets detained, has some respiratory problems, then dies. No, that doesn't mean something happened. That's not a direct. It could very well be he got sick and died. It's very possible, yep. but there's a lot of things going here, and, and you mentioned, and I know a lot of people have mentioned the shirt, uh, which is the reason why he was detained, uh, which was he was supporting. You know, his he had talked to his brother, and he said, "Hey, look, I'm not fully confident or comfortable with how, you know, the you know that community is treated over there, and I am going to cover this, and I'm conflicted, so I'm going to represent my brother uh, because he should have a voice in this." Uh, as I go cover it, and that wasn't it because that's what a lot of people have focused on. He also wrote some very, you know, powerful things about how laborers were treated in the lead up to the World Cup and how many died, and yeah. how well, there,
0: there was a there was a, a media um, showdown with uh, one of the uh, Qatari officials where a migrant worker had passed away recently, and the person tried to ask one of the you know the had of the. Uh, Qatari committee about this, and basically the person was like, "Death happens. Why are you asking me about this? The World Cup's going on right now. Yeah. Don't bother me with this stuff." Like, okay,
1: yeah, it's it's. Look, it was already very. And uncomfortable. I think that was the
0: last piece he wrote. Yeah,
1: uh, it was very uncomfortable, and and, they, and you know he said it's not only it's not only that they allowed it to happen; it's how uncaring they are about all of it. And you know, there there were some people that were very very angry at him for sure for writing that. And again, those things all seem to suggest. Something happened, but yeah. there's no. That's not a. There's no proof of anything. Nothing yet. Um, there might not be. Like, who knows if if something were to happen? Because I know a lot of people have said we'll find out. Not necessarily, right? Like, I don't know how you would go about. I wouldn't even begin to guess how you would poison somebody and make them sick and die. I would. I couldn't even tell you.
0: I bet you other people who know how to do it though.
1: But I'm sure there are people that know how to do it. Not. I'm not one of them. And so, and maybe that leaves no trace. I have no idea. Hopefully, we can get to the bottom of some. If something did happen, we find out.
2: Number three. Happier
0: times in San Fran where Nick Bosa said after the game, after the uh, Niners crushed the Buccaneers, we've got a quarterback. Nice job by Brock Purdy. Got three. Very solid in his play. I mean, there are some people, you know, Michael Urban actually said this morning he's feeling Tom Brady vibes. Come on. That's not fair to the is kid. Is that
1: because he was, you know, was playing in San Francisco, uh, was a late draft pick, and won a game against Tom
0: Brady? Possibly. Okay. Uh, possibly. That's all crowding your mind okay. when you're trying to come up with the story. Yeah, six round pick versus Mr. Irrelevant. Purdy, last pick in the draft. This will be incredible, though, if Purdy potentially could be their quarterback of the future. I don't believe he is. I thought the guy would play in the NFL. I thought he'd be a career backup. He's the kind of guy to be on a roster forever. I mean, you haven't seen enough to make a judgment on this, right?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Without teams, multiple teams getting the game plan for him, having film. Because the, the thing that goes through your head, and listen, it did happen. It did happen with Tom Brady, right? The entire NFL effed up on Tom Brady. And the Patriots were smart enough or slash. He fell into their lap, and they took him. Now, there's a story of the... Jets having a big argument in their war room and Bill Parcells shot it down because they were going to take Brady in the fifth round. So another one of the great legacies of Parcells and, and Belichick. Those, are also,
1: those things are also easy to say. They are
0: easy to say yeah. afterwards. Uh, but it, I, I just find it impossible to believe that Mr. Irrelevant could be a franchise quarterback that the entire league missed on him.
1: Well, sure. But also, you know, Mr. Irrelevant means he were selected. There's a lot of players in that game yesterday that weren't drafted. So a lot of players around the league that weren't drafted that are good players. So, I mean, I think, yes, to to some degree, if he goes on, and again, this is, <laughs> I, I don't buy any of this. Right. If he wanted some great career, uh, you know, it would be easy to say, every team skipped on him. Well, yeah, the 49ers also did.
0: Over and over and over yeah. again.
1: Yeah, so nobody knew he was going to be some great player, and nobody still knows if he's going to be a great player.
0: What was your favorite story of the uh, football weekend with the quarterback matchups? Was it Purdy? Over Brady, or was it Herbert over Tua?
1: Well, I like Herbert Tua, but I, I will say and I Who knows? You know, a lot of times you hear these things, and you know, it's it's the family telling a story, and who knows if it's true or not. But the the story of the Purdy family, uh, who weren't attending games, and who were obviously at yesterday's game, and everybody said, "Oh, he came out to see his debut," and they said, "No, we came to see Tom Brady." They they had planned, you know, a month ago or two months <laughs> ago, uh, to come to this home game, even though Brock Purdy was going to be a backup. Because they wanted to watch Tom Brady play. It just so happened to be that it was also Brock Purdy's debut. If that's a true story, that's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah.
0: And the family breaking down at the game. Get it together, sir. It's a special moment. Get it together. Or was he crying for Brady?
1: Maybe. That could have been it. I made that joke when we were watching games yesterday.
0: Number two. Another player dissing the bowl system. Did you see that... uh, Local hometown hero at Utah now, formerly of USD, formerly of Faith Lutheran, Dalton Kincaid, will not play in the Rose Bowl for Utah. He is beat up, but he's getting ready for the NFL.
1: As he probably should.
0: Mike, I don't know for sure, but my guess is if he's close and they were in a 12-team playoff, he'd play. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, you know, the, the history... Majestic nature of the Rolls Bowl is really cool, but if I'm hurt, I don't know that I'm going to risk it to play in in what you've often called exhibition games. It'd it's be, an,
1: it's be, an extra game. It'd be foolish. Yeah. It would be it'd be financial malpractice for a player who is I I think it's kind of silly anyway if you're about to go to the draft, but uh, for a player who is injured already, or at least banged up, or at least you know concerned about injury. To go out and, and you know put your body on the line in that way, uh, that would be it would be I mean, reckless. How many ways can you say it? It'd be reckless. <laughs> so don't don't do it. Don't get to. mad. I I keep seeing people get I mad know. at these kids. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> we gave you the opportunity. You didn't give them anything. You're a fan.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's, and now we're he gave we're, you he, enjoyment. I, I I entertainment. I will pretty much promise you. That players that are in the playoff are not going to be doing this. Like this is a bowl game thing, and the players finally wised up. But it was kind of, it was kind of like kind of crazy to watch how it was like two or three guys, and then all of a sudden it's a hundred guys. Like wait, what did that? I thought it'd be like two or three, and then eight or nine, twelve or fourteen. It went from two to three to
0: everybody who's a prospect. Number one. Hey, you got business decisions to make as well when you're in the NFL. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Team is 5-8. and eight. Has to miraculously win, the Raiders do, the last four games. Has to get a lot of breaks from other teams in the AFC. What do you do if you're these guys?
1: I think they'll be back.
0: You think both will be back, I really?
1: I do. Uh, look, they still are mathematically alive. Uh, they probably could have used them last week <laughs> against the Rams. It <laughs> might have been helpful to have some more offensive firepower. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, hearing from Darren Waller a little bit last week, it sounded like he was trending toward this week and, uh, well, Redford hasn't really been around, but I think he'll probably practice this week too. I would imagine. Josh McDaniel said last week, they're eligible last week to play. Uh, but Josh McDaniel said we didn't have a practice. They didn't, they had three walkthroughs last week. They didn't practice at all with the short week. So he said it didn't make sense to try to bring guys back off IR to play in that game. But now with a little bit more time, a couple extra days, get away, get back into the facility, uh, today, I would imagine that they're much, much closer to being on track to play.
0: And the Raiders did clean house a little bit. John Simpson was cut going into the weekend. Former fourth-round pick in 2020? Yep. Out of Clemson. That was the draft where they had three third-round picks. One never made it to the team. The other two, Tanner Mews really never played. And then Brian Edwards got moved quickly. And Simpson was one of the guys holding on. That draft did not work out. No. At all. And I believe another
1: roster move in the last uh, hour or so with – Ronis Grosso getting called up to the active roster.
0: Big 4-4 presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. When I first saw him last week, I had I told you, Tom Brady vibes. I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to watch him, but he just had that thing about him. So yeah. how far do you think the Niners can go with Purdy? Because they looked legit last night.
1: They, they, look, it, it, it's, it's Purdy. It, it's that offensive genius that they have and, and Kyle Shanahan. It's
0: the system. It's Cofield and Company, live on
2: ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
0: I like Michael Urban, but bro, come on. You don't have to say something outlandish. Unless they told him. You think they're putting him up to do that? Tom Brady vibes? I
1: I just think sometimes you just say things. You hope nobody listens and picks up on it. It's, It's a silly thing to say.
0: I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Then there's the flip side, which is Emmanuel Acho. And it's not outrageous what he's saying. I mean, I think – I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't think he's basing it just on record. But he's been comparing the last, like, six weeks to – and Herbert. I think he's brought up other numbers. It's been oversimplified in some of his videos, just saying, hey, one is winning right now. The other one, you know, doesn't win at the level he should – this is kind of fake. He's been calling Herbert a social media quarterback. So on Sunday morning, I guess he got denied a field pass, which we can get into in a second. He wanted to go to the game. And then he decided to start spitting some rhymes.
1: What, up, bruh? You asked him right for a field
2: pass. They said no. Oh, my God. Bruh. I'm hot. What you going to do about I it? don't know, bro. I'm sitting here. I got to get these bars off my chest, bro. I got to get these bars off my chest, bro. I can't even front. Look.
1: The social media quarterbacks I don't like, it. Yeah. Them Herbert QBs, not my tight. Nah, throwing pick-sticks all day and night. What? But them Dolphins, yeah,
2: they gon' take flight.
0: Okay. I don't like is the song according to DJ Ari. Chief Keith. It
1: wasn't. That wasn't a great rendition. It
0: wasn't? No. That's
1: not what it sounds like. No, it's also that's that's just that's a struggle. Really fighting through that one.
0: Yes. And as we always say to people who use their phones for audio, get a microphone, come on.
1: Well, can also We want to be
0: able to, we want higher quality.
1: Can I also point out it may not have anything to do with what he's said about Justin Herbert. Do tell. Well, I have covered what six games now at SoFi. Uh it's the one stadium that I don't go on the field at. Because it's a very convoluted process of getting down there, and there's so many different media outlets that have live shots and cameras and things. They won't let you down on the field. That you don't go down on the field because you have to. So, like, I, I know one of the local TV stations had to do, has to do live shots. They had to get it done in advance. They had to uh, get a
0: spot, a
1: specific spot, like on a the little, field. like
0: a little circle, like Fremont yeah.
1: Street. Is that ex- essentially yes?
0: Don't leave that circle. Yeah.
1: So I, I believe games that so far are a little bit more. Uh, difficult in that regard. So it may not have anything to do with anything he said.
2: Right.
0: That's the kind of knowledge we need, because I figured it was more complicated than, I don't think it's a vendetta against you, Emmanuel Acho, because you're, you know, busting on Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers understand it's a bit. Uh, By the way, I I mentioned that TikTok thing that's going on now with the Celine Dion song and the ship sailing, you know, Titanic and all that. He, he, uh, a few hours ago, Emmanuel Acho, on his account, put himself on a ship and said he was a social media like media creation or social media analyst, basically admitting that he was wrong, which I think is stupid. Stick with it. We just played Skip audio. Skip's still doing the LeBron thing. Stick with it. Yeah. Wh- yeah. Like the, the so what? The Chargers won yesterday. They haven't accomplished anything. Not in the playoffs. It's he has to win a Super Bowl before you back off your Herbert bit. Well, Dig in. The,
1: but he didn't say he wouldn't win a Super Bowl. He said he wasn't good, right? I mean, that, that is different.
0: Uh, he said that Tua is better because Tua wins, not recently, but. What about before this year? He wasn't healthy. I mean, you, you know, you you know, you can just dance around it. In sure. The goalposts. Stick sure. with it. Sure. You're the. Lo- you know. He's not the lone guy, by the way. Saying, "Hey, the jury's still out on Herbert." There are others. Sure. Uh, the, yeah.
1: Uh, and look, I think there are stretches of, you know many great players, especially quarterbacks in the league, have long stretches of playing really well and then have stretches of playing poorly and then maybe get good again. Everybody, everybody except even Mahomes for that stretch last year. I was going to say, everybody except Mahomes has had ups and downs. And he really has it. I mean, look, for a while, Tom Brady was awful. Bounced back. This year he's awful again. Maybe he bounces back. Like, for the most part, Mahomes, that's what makes Mahomes such a unicorn in what he's done is that so many other quarterbacks have had stretches where they look like they are putting up those kind of numbers, and they're that good. And then back to earth, right. and then good, good again, and then back to earth. So you can just ride that wave if you're an analyst, too.
0: What did the Chargers prove to you yesterday, if anything? They can play defense. A little bit, even though they're all beat up. Yeah,
1: and it and helped that Tua was just throwing the ball all over the place, which was baffling. But, uh, yeah, I think – look, this is the first, first – Time this year that the Chargers offense was healthy, they looked like a
0: really good offense. Why? Healthy at the skill position. Yeah. Yeah. Skill I mean their their offensive line has just been destroyed.
1: Sure, sure. But Williams, Allen, Eckler, Herbert playing together, or Everett, for the first time this year. They look good. It was pretty solid. Yeah. Even without people blocking. They they were still under a lot of duress, but they figured it out because they had they had their skill guys back. And then defensively they were able to get in the face of receivers. I think it helps that Tyreek Hill couldn't run. After after, you know, although he did, he still made a play. But I think on a play to play basis, he wasn't quite the dynamic player he usually is because I think he was picking and choosing when he could actually run because his ankle looked pretty jacked. Uh, so I think that helped a little bit. Waddle really wasn't getting separation, so, uh, you know, it helped a little bit. But they were able to get they were to get in the face of receivers, push them around a little bit, and still create some pass rush. Uh, so they they
0: looked. Competent defensively even without Derwin James out there. Are the Dolphins a team that collapses? Of all these teams that got out to a good start, Maybe. looked like they were locked for the playoffs. You know, Tua when he played unbeaten this year. Dolphins are one of the favorites in the AFC.
1: I would like to say no because I think Mike McDaniel is just different. Oh, I'm, I'm asking the wrong yeah. person. How dare I suggest uh, that
0: that Mike McDaniel's team could collapse?
1: But I think in terms of what they do, like yeah. I mean, I think you saw yesterday if you if you get in the faces of receivers and still can create a pass rush uh, and help over the top because they, they weren't really they were able to create a pass rush without blitzing a whole lot. Um, and I think you put you know you can really put pressure on that offense in that way, and they really don't defend. So uh, you know that's that's kind of where they might be in some trouble. But I think McDaniel adjusts; he's that good. Stop. God, he's so good! What a great coach!
0: At Bills, home Packers; at Patriots, home Jets. They say they just get ripped by the Bills, right? They get ripped by the Bills. Is that are they at that moment of the season that you and I have both pointed to with Mike McDaniel that we're finally we're going to see if nerd coach has issues with being a nerd and not a fire and a brimstone guy. Or is he? Like, I no. I see some little things where he's a smartass. Oh, he's definitely Could a smart he ass. be biting but not, you know, big galoot yell at everyone guy? Like, it actually where that could work? I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that was the big question. Like,
1: I thought he'd have a ton of success, but I, I didn't know what his personality would do when he didn't. Yep. And now we might try to find out. Although, I mean, look, they still are very much alive for the playoffs, and if they make the playoffs, it's kind of different. Uh, but if they were to fall apart... Yeah, like does the you know the, the if you if you watch the mic up and not the full one, not the little parts they were putting out uh, on social media. If you watch the full one and then he's just constantly joking and you know goofing around and all that stuff. Like if you're if you've lost four games in a row and you have a, a game to get you know win or you're in and losing your out playoff berth and you're telling little jokes about you know YouTubing guys and stuff like I don't know.
0: I don't know if that works. I'll tell you the guy that I always question just because of his personality, and I keep saying again, you don't really know what a coach is like. Like, even hard knocks, they only give us so much. You like you really don't know what they're like Cliff behind the scenes. No, I wanted to throw out the Buccaneers looked dreadful yesterday. Now, they're saved by the fact that the division is awful. I like Todd Bowles, but my God, he's reserved. And that was always the thing with the Jets. I, I didn't – this was not my complaint, but there are – you know, New York – and New Jersey people are loud and brash, and they want to. That's you know, that's who they want to see: is coach who's yelling and you know being parcels or whoever. What does Bowles do to turn this around? I don't know, and, and make him a legit you know a legit playoff contender to win. I mean, they can make the playoffs. Yeah, they're going. The division to make the playoffs. sucks.
1: I think they will make the playoffs. They'll be there and uh, probably lose fairly early in the playoffs, and then we'll see where Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator next year and how he's able to turn that turn that job around.
0: There is no team I'm rooting for more than the Carolina Panthers. Sure. How awesome will it be if they rip off four straight wins, go 9-8? and eight. When David Tepper fired – he's the owner of the uh, Panthers. When David Tepper fired Matt Rule, he threw it out there. I, I forget the word. I'll have to look it up. It was like if – Steve Wilkes does an incredible job the rest of the way, then of course he'll be considered for head coach. Let's see. Because if they go 9-8 and say they miss out on the playoffs, even if they make the playoffs and they they lose in the first round, he ain't getting the job. He's not. Do you believe that? And that's an incredible job. They control their own destiny. They can get in. The Panthers. McCaffrey gone. Mayfield gone. The coach gone. They can make it.
1: They could, but I don't think they will. Uh, and I, so I don't think we'll have to answer this. Do you think I'm right though? If, no, if,
0: if, if he won, if he won the rest of the way, and they finish nine and eight,
1: no, I think if, if the Panthers win the playoffs, he's getting the job. No. Yes.
0: Damn it! It's not going to happen. So this is not going to be tested. Yeah. No, I think he'll he'll go big game hunting. No, I think. Well, you're right.
1: We're not going to find out. They're not making the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think he wants a massive, massive name. To be the coach i think that's the plan but i don't think you would i don't think you would go somewhere else if they made the playoffs i think you'd have to stick with them at least one year don't have to do anything i think you would
0: not in the nfl not when you're a billionaire not when you're tepper or in major league baseball when you're cohen hey he does whatever he does i mean he fired that
1: rule with five years I'm not, left i'm on his not contract. saying there's a
0: rule yet he to he'd have to keep in the playoffs but if they make the playoffs but i think he would it's nevada sports talk hour presented by battle Born injury lawyers
2: Over to the far side, Bruins still in the zone. A left wing shot, score! Charlie Coyle got the pass in the left circle. Let her rip and he beats Thompson.
0: It's a 3-1 to one Boston lead.
2: It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
0: Twin Peaks on a Monday getting ready for Monday Night Football Zona and the Patriots. Patriots on a short week will then turn around and be here in Vegas. By the way, do you know the Patriots travel plans? Believe they are staying in Tucson, Arizona. Really? Yeah. I wonder what the connect there is. Belichick always has some like old connection and then, you know, we'll We'll shack up at some local school. So we'll look into that. I'm okay. sure there'll be some features from the the Patriots media who you got to deal with. Uh, early in the season, yeah. uh, some r- real jabronis in that group.
1: I kind of thought uh, the way that the Raiders opened the, opened the doors and welcomed the Patriots that they would just let them train here all week, right? Hey, you can
0: stay in the facility,
1: yeah. and you know we'll we'll go to a local high school. Yeah, we'll go we'll go practice with like Gorman.
0: Love you, Bill. Love you, Bill. Except for don't use our smoothie machine. Tell your media not to flush the toilet right next to the media room while sessions are going on. That was
1: the biggest. Uh, that was the biggest takeaway from that was Patriots a crazy one. week. Was it? Yeah. Some
0: rude media member, yeah, Just dropping say, a dropping a deuce with well, the door open, flushing the toilet.
1: The doors closed closed. Toilet paper all over the ground. I think it was. Uno. I made up almost all of that. It was an Uno, not a deuce. Uh, yeah. Door was closed, but yes, during our media session with the coach, uh, one of the Patriots media people did do that right next to us, and it was very loud and very obvious on the cameras.
0: Oh, ever, did the Raiders went back to the cameras? Yeah. Did you demand that? Access? No, I meant actually like security cameras. No, no, no. During the
1: it was during the live press conference. So you knew who it was. Oh yeah, we saw. It. Yes, the the bathroom was he, in the he, room he ran, with us. He
0: ran right. He, he walked, walked right across the through the press conference. Yeah, maybe he didn't know what was going on. No, he walked through it. He probably didn't know what was going on.
1: How? No, it's impossible to not know what's going on. <laughs> he literally walked through a question to a coach. And went right into the bathroom.
0: It's been a weird show. We've had to go back and forth between foolishness and serious stuff. Um, Update on the Chris Beard arrest. Remember, he was the UNLV coach for like 10 days. Went to his dream job, Texas Tech, and then went to another dream job at Texas. He's been charged with felony assault from some sort of incident this morning. He was arrested at like 4.18 in the morning. With his fiance. And the uh, police report, according to uh, Amy Dash, who is a well-known legal insider, said... uh, the woman said to police, uh, Beard, quote, choked me, threw me off the bed, bit me, uh, bruises all over my leg, throwing me around and going nuts. So that's all I got to say on this. Some people reached out to us on Twitter, and, and a lot of times it's like, hey, this story happened. But I got the, the sense some other people are like, hey, let's celebrate. I'm like, I'm not going to celebrate. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he did it, but I'm not going to celebrate this. This is incredibly sad if he did this to this woman. And he's got big issues if it happened." Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And what, it's very early in the, in the process. And he uh, told the authorities when he was questioned this morning that he has audio tape of the incident and that it was her that was doing it, not him. Uh, his he, uh,
0: his attorney came out real strong. It was yeah. like absolutely
1: false. Yeah, he he did uh, he did decline to share those tapes with the officers, but I would too. In his case, that's a that's for the trial, not for me to share with you. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how this plays out before. You know, you reserve judgment on this.
0: He's been suspended without pay, and we'll see how uh, you know this story develops. You heard a night's highlight on the way back. Should we be concerned about their play at home, or is it just too early in the season? I think
1: it's early, um, and I think that's. I think it's easier to figure that out than if you were terrible on the road. I think they'll. I think they'll get back to it. Uh, you know, playing the way that they want to play. I think you'd be more. You should be more concerned with the injury report right now. Uh, they are they are struggling. It's not just injuries. Obviously, Alex Petrangelo is away dealing with a family situation. But then you can get through that. You you, you know you're like okay, one guy down. We'll you know we'll fill in and make up for it. But uh, then Shea Theodore bangs shins or knees or whatever happened on Friday night. It looked pretty bad. Uh, so so that that issue happened, and then Zach Whitecloud goes down last night. So uh, very very depleted right now in the defensive core.
0: Coming up, John Von Tobel is going to take us through this last weekend in the National Football League, a couple of bowl game look-aheads, and we'll look at the numbers for the NFL for the coming week, and, of course, a leaner-like on Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting Betting. with John Von Von Tobel. John, what did you eat that got you?
2: Ooh, well... I'm not allowed to, say, well, I can tell you what the item don't, was. I don't uh, want to know the place, now. I was going to say, considering the place is an advertiser for the station, um, it was Caesar salad. Uh, and Caesar the reason salad. why I know this is because I ordered a couple of things from this place, uh, but the difference was they were two different Caesar salads in two different boxes. My wife and I had the Caesar salad that got me sick. I ate most of it. She had a little bit of it. And my parents had a little bit of the other one, and they did not get sick. And that was oh, wow. a big differentiator. So, uh, yeah, it you was got some sick? bad. I don't know if it was lettuce or dressing or what. Yeah.
0: Salmonella? Yeah, you got that officially from the doctors? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that right? I'm feeling good, baby. My, uh, I'm working yeah. on my 2023 body. I'm already down seven pounds. I'm ready to go.
0: Is that right? You lost seven
2: pounds? <laughs> yeah. It was uh, It was firing out of both ends. It was a fun couple of days. There you go.
0: John Toble TMI on multiple occasions. Steve is suggesting <laughs> Bill Belichick needs that same thing. No, I wasn't. I actually, I was... I looked up at one of the screens here, and I, I thought Belichick looked like he was a lot thinner. He looked younger. I thought he was wearing an earring, and then I'm like, no, that's a reflection. But I thought his haircut looked good. No, the, the, the big chest is still there. He looks thinner. He looks thinner. So maybe he already had that. He was getting a little beefy. Huh? We all have to admit that. He was getting a little beefy. And he's a guy, you know, and he's, he's starting to approach 70 years old. you got to watch your weight. That's me t- telling him. Um, all right, John, you still with us? I'm here. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, All right, first of all, let's talk about some props this weekend. What happened with T. Higgins?
2: So, I don't know if you guys saw this, but T. Higgins, uh, of course, right before the game is ruled out due to injury uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, but he allegedly snuck onto the field, uh, were the words of the staff for Cincinnati, for the first snap of the game. So, he was ruled out before the game, but then he played the first snap. Now, I haven't seen a whole bunch of, like, fallout from this, And maybe there is a you know a rule with some of these sports books that if he's officially ruled out, regardless of what happens afterwards, right, all bets are void. But if he got onto the field for one snap, that means bets are action. So like if you bet under, right, you're good to go. If you bet over, you're screwed. Again, I haven't seen a whole lot of fallout from this or any follow up, so it doesn't sound like maybe there was a lot of noise made by it. But I thought it was pretty incredible just because we've had this now for a couple of weeks. Remember the ridiculous thing with the back and forth with the Bears quarterback uh, when they played your Jets, Steve. But it was Trevor Simeon was out, then it was a game-time decision, and then he ultimately saw the field. Uh, it was pretty wild. But for a player to sneak onto a field, play a snap, which means he officially start the game, that means your bets are live. And you probably should follow up on it.
1: Pretty wild. And then uh, Tyler Boyd, of course, plays two snaps, and he's out. Yep. So uh, quite, a, quite a wide receiver rotation. Uh, not really gambling-related, but somewhat a, kind of. Uh, there's a lot of anger in Adam Schefter today as well for going on Fantasy Football Live yesterday morning right before kickoff and reporting that the Seahawks are going with Tony Jones as their starter, and he played like four plays.
2: <laughs> I did not I did not see that. Yes. Uh, but that, of course, is, as we talk about, information is key in almost everything. And he was right, I mean, but he didn't play that well. It's like the whole thing, like I got wrapped in with the uh, uh, whole Pacheco deal, the, like not the beginning of the season, was it like six weeks ago? Like, I had squeezed everything out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then I saw that Pacheco is going to be the starter going forward. I was like, all right, cool, I'm swapping him out. And then he started, but then he had, like, 20 less snaps than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I was like, all right, what's the point?
0: John Von Toble is with us. I'm expecting an explosion here. It was just an innocent tweet. Just thinking of you guys. Um, what do you think of Emmanuel Acho with his Herbert uh, social media quarterback thing? He backed off today on TikTok, but uh, – I know you guys have been questioning Herbert, like Ocho, for years.
2: I don't know about for years. I think Adam and I correctly uh, pointed out that after his first year, when a lot of your positive numbers come while you're under pressure. uh, That is not something that generally replicates itself, and you wonder if that is going to continue to be the case. Herbert's turned out to be a pretty solid quarterback. I actually tweeted out yesterday, I think it's kind of a travesty. He's in an offense that has him dead last in average depth of target among qualified quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. But I think... I thought Femi, my colleague over at Visa, Femi Abebefe, I thought the premise of his tweet was a little flawed because I think he put it in the way of if you ever questioned Herbert, you don't talk about faith, or like football in good faith. I think that's a little strong. I think you could have questioned Herbert at some point in his career, but I think at this point right now, it's pretty safe to say he's a better quarterback than Tua tungle
0: Yeah, I pointed out earlier, I don't know why Acho backed down today. Like, dude, if you're going to do it, like, like, stick with it. And I, I don't think it's – that story's not sealed. That Herbert's better than Tua, for sure, long-term. I don't, I don't know.
2: I think he's been the better quarterback so far. Wouldn't you agree?
0: I don't know that that's what the conversation – I don't exactly know what Acho's conversation has been. I thought most of it was just based on this year and, and not and not winning, like not making the playoffs. And that Tua was showing what a winner he is while Herbert was still struggling along on a 500 team.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know that uh, Adam's like a really big McDaniel fan. Uh, I, I think it's been pretty clear this year that Tua has also been buoyed by Mike McDaniel as his head coach. And even like, I think Acho, I even I tried to get it myself just last week, like their first play for the 49ers game, right? Like the first play, it's a wide-open dude who takes it, what, with 75 yards, 70 of which were yards after a catch? And Acho pointed out, he's like, there we go, Tua. And it's never been done to the 49ers before. It's like, that wasn't Tua. It's like a bad faith argument. That's kind of what he's been doing this whole time.
0: But, but, sorry. It's funny, Adam, Adam for years and years, ranted about overhype on Doug Flutie. Oh, he was so bad. But, the, like, some of the same stuff, you know, it would happen every once in a while. Of course. Where he'd have an amazing play develop, and it was like 60 yards of it were by the receiver. And
1: the, and the Bills would lose without him, like, you know, 38 to 37 you're like, see, that's what happens and there's no Flutie. And then they'd win a game 7-6 with him. <laughs> wow, what a great player. By the way, I, I know we weren't going to do would do this, but I know probably some people have seen this, and we were just talking about misreporting. Uh, Bill Snyder, former coach at Kansas State, uh, truly saddened by the death of good friend and special man Mike Leach, who remain remained special. Uh, that was 21 minutes ago. 38 seconds ago. I'm now told that Mike has not passed. Oh, boy. Uh, brings warmth to my heart, and I apologize deeply for my premature tweet. Please forgive me and continue your prayers for Mike and his family. So, if you had heard a report elsewhere uh, about this, uh, s- turns out not true. Uh, now, sounds like he's in really, really bad shape and very possibly could pass away, but uh, Bill Snyder passed along some information prematurely. So, if you All heard right. about that, it's, it's not true. Important
0: to get in the show, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, John Von Tobels with us from v Monday Night Football is on the way. Uh, first, let's get the latest number on uh, Monday Night Football, if you got a lean or like, and then we can kind of build towards the Patriots and the Raiders. So right now New England 2 at the cards, totals 44. Are you doing anything with it?
2: I, I've got a teaser leg open on Arizona, so I teased them up to 7.5. So that's all I'm sitting on for this game. Uh, I'm kind of not like super anti-New England, but we have seen a couple of times. now. You know, at one point they actually led the league in EPA for play on defense. Uh, but then they ran into a couple of quality opponents. and We saw it get shredded by a few of them, namely the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and I think we've kind of seen like it's a good defense, but it, the flaws are still kind of there, and they were lucky to put, face some of these teams that were a little lesser offensively. And I think Kyler Murray and the Cardinals still have a little something where they're going to be able to find a success and at least stay within that number uh, in friendly confines. So I, I teased it up. I didn't really have a read outside of that. Uh, I'm not really at a point where I want to lay anything with the New England Patriots given how poor they've been uh, offensively and how poorly structured that offense is. And, if the, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, if they can do well. They still kind of rush the passer. Their secondary is really not that great. So I got a tease leg open. I had the Ravens teased up, and now I've got them the seven and a half.
0: What do both of you guys? We'll start with John. Think of the uh, Patriots Raiders number for this uh, coming Sunday where currently we got what? We got Pats one, total 45.
2: So I thought this is interesting, and now so like the Westgate, the Superbook guys, they have their look ahead line. This was Raiders minus two, and then the Raiders lost that Thursday night game, and then now we're seeing, as you mentioned, the Patriots maybe as a one-point favorite. So we're saying that one result apparently is worth a three-point adjustment potentially, and you guys know better. But I think there's a chance that they're going to get a little healthier, right? There's a shot that Darren Waller comes back for this game, and/or Hunter Renfro. I just I find it interesting how we see these ebbs and flows for power ratings and lines due to results and nothing really else. And because they went out and lost that game on Thursday, now all of a sudden a team that was going to be favored by two points this week could end up being a home underdog.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens tonight. I, I don't think I would play the game before uh, this one, because I think there is a chance that the Raiders could get either buoyed or discouraged by what happens with the Patriots. The Patriots are one of the teams they need. Uh, they need to lose twice, not just them beating them, but somebody else too. So, Uh, I I think that if the the Patriots were to lose tonight and the Raiders start to see the door open a little bit, I think that changes their mindset. I'll tell you this, they have 10 days, so that's good. But I have not been in many places like the Raiders' locker room Thursday night after the game. It was one of the saddest experiences that I've had covering sports. (laughs) And I don't know how you bounce back from that. I mean, a couple of days probably helps, but I think they need a little bit of something to buoy themselves before that game next week to uh, jumpstart things a little bit
0: all right where are we on the titans uh you know they didn't lose like the raiders did but man they're not playing good football right now and they got freaking lit up and then trevor lawrence is talking trash them chargers are three
2: i think this is great so this is i maybe adam will agree with me on this i think this is every like nerd's kind of like see see eventually the numbers went out Every number told you the Titans were not going to be able to keep up this ridiculous run of play that they had been on, and yet they somehow had pulled out all these close games or win-and-one score contests, right? They're much better than every single number would indicate record-wise, and now it's finally starting to fall apart. I think it's also why their GM got fired. They don't have a lot of depth when it comes to their talent. Uh, they're just not a very talented team. They made it more incredible that they've been doing this and now I think we're starting to see that. I think the Titans, I've bet against them these the last two weeks. I think they're a team to continue to kind of play against here. I think water has finally found its level with this team, and the market's still a little slow on the uptick. I think that this is one squad, until we feel like a sizable adjustment from a betting market standpoint, that this is worth going against the Tennessee Titans relatively frequently here down the stretch.
1: I, I agree, and I actually think there's reasons to support the Jaguars, too, on the other side. Like I don't think it was just that, the, that Tennessee was bad. I think Tennessee is starting to put some things together. Or it seems to Jacksonville is. Yeah, Jacksonville
2: is. Adam, I was actually going to send this. I don't know if I put it in the email or not, but I was like, do you start to shop around for a Jags AFC or AFC South like tickets, right? Because like there's a point now, like they're still not mathematically out of it. Four games left. They have a game left against one another. Both of them play the Cowboys. They both of them have the Texans left. There's a scenario where that week 18 game is for the AFC South between.
0: John Tobles with us. v Sin, last couple minutes here, looking ahead at next week in the National Football League, covering the scene of sports gambling. Jets are getting one against the Lions. Uh, Detroit's a real hot
2: ticket right now. Uh, well, they are, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Everybody, I, I heard, hey, Vegas knows because the Lions closed the two-and-a-half point favorites and then they won that game against Minnesota. Uh, Vegas actually opened up the Vikings as a favorite in that game. Uh, Sharp betters shaped that market right. and moved that to two-and-a-half. So Vegas didn't know. Uh, the, the betters did. No, the Lions are a good team. I would say that a front seven that I think can play the run relatively well is a little bit more of a difficult matchup for them uh, and that they're on an all-time high with their market rating, so maybe you're kind of buying at the top of the market. But they've been really good, man, and they've been an undervalued team. They're one of the best ATS teams in the league since the start of last year.
0: Last one, rapid fire here in about a minute. Two NBA stories, one non-gambling. I want you to react to Chris Paul and his cheap shots. What is going on with this guy?
2: Uh, I, did I miss something? I have been on a uh, game he the last
0: was, couple of days. Yep, Al, Al, Alvarado was that the uh, the player on the? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, I, I saw mean, just, that. Yep, just freaking like a punch to the side that was a foul, and then like an elbow to the face. Uh, CP three out of control, and then the, the other thing, gambling wise, I thought was nuts. The Nets sat eight guys against the Pacers, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, how do you feel the team? They won. Cam yeah. Thomas had like 33
2: points. They won. Uh, the NBA, as you can tell, is an annoying sport to handicap on a night-to-night basis. Uh, you can imagine if you had a good number on Indiana and <laughs> you end up losing that thing outright. And can I also say the best part of the whole Alvarado and Chris Paul incident was is his name Perry, the Pelican, whatever his name is, grabbing Jose Alvarado and trying to calm him down as everybody else oh, getting into a fight. The best moment I've seen this week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, John, we're glad you came on. I hope you feel better. Sorry you got sick. We'll uh, we'll see you in a couple days, okay?
2: You're good. Thanks,
0: man. There he is. John Vontobo, a little case of food poisoning. Nothing – well, there's a lot worse than that, but it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, mascot's gone wrong.
1: Or mascot playing the peacemaker. He was was helping him out.
0: Twin Peaks, Monday Night Football. We got uh, Belichick heading to town after he uh, takes on Arizona tonight. We'll see what happens. 29-degree – beer. uh, check that, 30.7 degrees right now with the scenic views. Great place to watch the NFL and soccer later this week. It's Twin Peaks. Come on out.